Nice. Any interviews out there that you've been chasing, but you haven't been able to get um, before the draft? <laughs> uh, yeah, a few of them. Uh, there were a couple that were supposed to go down um, that haven't yet. I don't anticipate that they will uh, at this point, but I had a couple. And I, I'm probably finished for the year. I ended up doing 140 guys wow. in this draft class, but naturally there's always going to be a few uh, that fall through. So I had a couple of high-end first-round picks that were really close to happening. Uh, we just couldn't get their schedules to line up. How long have you been doing this, Justin? Uh, this is my fourth year interviewing prospects. I mean, the fir my first year, it really was just an idea, and I kind of got my feet wet. I think I did about 30 of them maybe that first okay. year. Uh, second year, took a pretty big step forward, did about 70. Um, last year, I hit the 100 mark for the first time. I did 100 even, and I, I thought, I, I said to myself, I looked in the mirror and I said, you will never top that number. You know, you have peaked. You'll never be able to do more than 100. <laughs> and I hit 140 this year. So, uh, you know, nothing but but good thing. It's been it's been a good few months. So 200 next year. We'll see what happens. I guess never say never at this point. I mean, I, I'm kind of going into it with the same attitude. I'm not sure that I can top 140, but we'll we'll see what happens. So you recently released a big board on musiccitymiracles.com. And I want to start first with the interviews. Does your interviewing a prospect, does that tend to have a kind of a, a bias effect on who you put and, you know, where you put them? Um, it can. Truthfully, I try not to let it have too much of an impact for a few reasons. I mean, a lot of times I'm only spending, you know, 15 minutes on the phone with these guys, 15, 20 minutes. I don't want to take too much away. You know what I mean? From a 15, 20 minute conversation, even if it's a terrible interview, I mean, maybe he's having a bad day. Maybe he's tired. Maybe, you know, he got some bad news that day, whatever, right? We've all been guilty of that. So it's certainly, there are a few players and I won't reveal too many um, that had an impact on where I placed them on my big board, both good and maybe bad as well. Certainly. So obviously the big board's out there. What's been your biggest backlash from it? Um, I mean, I think I got James Lynch a little lower than a lot of people. I think I have him as a fifth round guy, whereas most see him maybe as a third. Um, I've got Jeff Gladney really high. You know, I, I know some people are very high on him, but I have him as my number two corner. I'm looking at the big board now. Sorry, I can't remember where every single player is, but I've got Gladney at 17, um, which again, I think is a little higher than most. I've got Noah Igbinagin, uh, the corner from Auburn, quite high in my top 40. So uh, those have probably probably stand out to me in terms of backlash goes. That was a fantastic pronunciation. I'm going to ask you to do the pronunciations all night as I stumble all over them, even though I'm supposed to be the damn host. Well, it's, it's, um, real, it's real easy. It's Noah Igishikabakajoka. Well. <laughs> Butchered. Uh, <laughs> drafting philosophy. What, what, what's kind of your take on that, Justin? In terms of for the Titans in this draft? Or just for your... In, in, if you're building a mock, what's your philosophy? And then what do you feel like the Titans philosophy should be? Or well, ideally, be. I think every team, anyone building a team, you try to marry need um, uh, with best player available, right? You, you, you do your best not to reach too much on best player available. But of course, you know, if you've got a quarterback and you've got him ranked third, and maybe you've got a left tackle ranked seventh, and you already have the quarterback, then, I, you know, in that situation, I think it's obviously okay. You should reach for the left tackle. So I think you, you got to do your best with marrying need uh, with best player available and, and without reaching again, without kind of reaching too much for need. So uh, speaking of speaking of need, who is the Titans? What's the Titans biggest need? For me personally, I think it's cornerback. I mean, they only have four of them on the roster right now. Uh, and, and truthfully, you know, two of them, you're not really expecting to see a lot of playtime out of them next season, right? And Chris Milton and Kareem Orr. You know, they're good depth guys, but I don't think you feel comfortable entering a season with them as your number three uh, and four corners. Obviously, you have a Dory Jackson and Malcolm Butler, but you can never have too many corners, and they don't even have enough of them to begin with. So uh, for me, a corner is clear-cut the number one need on this roster right now. There is a question in the uh, in the chat real quick I want to touch on. What do you say, how do you justify having Fromm in your top 20? Like on, on the big board? Yeah, it's what uh, the people are saying in the uh, chat. I don't have Fromm in the top 20, so that's sort of confusing to me. I've got Fromm at number 94. Oh, okay, gotcha. What, what's <laughs> he, what quarterback is he on your uh, overall? 
for you? Well, um, for me, I go Burrow, uh, Tua. I've then got Herbert. Um, I then have Love, uh, and then Hurts, and then From. Gotcha. Very nice. All right, so we're getting ready to uh, fire this up. Before we start the draft, I do want to ask one question, um, and I'll start with you, Justin. What are you looking for in round one? And I'm going to phrase this in two different questions. What are you looking for in round one overall? Just what do you? who do you think kind of player types, positions that are going to be the first to fly off the board? And what are you looking for out of the Titans in the first round? Well, I imagine you're going to get a lot of tackles come off the board as you start this, and that's how I expect Thursday to go. I think you can see anywhere from, you know, six to eight tackles drafted on Thursday. Uh, but again, it goes back to what I think is the biggest need. Ideally, I'd like one of those first round corners uh, to fall to us here. Zach, same question to you. Yeah, um, you know, we're not we're doing no trades, right? So you know, that's going to be a little bit of, you know, kind of limits us a little bit because that's a ideally that's what I think most people want is to be able to trade back. However, I think a value at cornerback or defensive lineman is really key. But I tell you, I've seen we've been doing some mocks lately that I've seen one of the top four wide receivers fall and I've seen one of the top three offensive tackles fall to us. So, you know, I'd love to see that. But realistically, probably cornerback like Christian Fulton or something like that. Okay. All right, gentlemen, are we ready to draft? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's fire it up. All right, full seven rounds. Okay. And we are going fast, and we're using the TDN's predictive board. Now, I do have the Justin Mello top 225 <laughs> loaded and ready to go if we want to do that one. With Fromm loaded as the top pick? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Fromm is number one <laughs> overall. But we'll do the TDN's predictive board. <laughs> All right, fire it up. Okay. Making sure here. Okay, we're still going good. So we're going to start it up right here. Jeffrey Okuda falling out of the top five is is crazy. Wow, and there goes Gladney at 13. <laughs> Christian Fulton's gone. Look at this. Oh. Tua wow. is there at 29. <laughs> wow. Um, so, Mello, what do you do? You got Tua and Justin Herbert and Andrew Thomas and Jedrick Willis all here at 29. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a crazy scenario. I can't imagine any of those guys being available. Um, it may not be the most popular pick, but if I'm looking at that list there personally, um, I'm going with Andrew Thomas. Wow, going with Andrew Thomas. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on your on your list, and we'll eventually select that. Um, I mean, you have to go Tua, don't you? Or do I go Jedrick? See, I'd rather go Jedrick over Andrew Thomas. See, oh for man! Me, All right, yeah, so I, let me start with Justin. Why Andrew Thomas? So for me, again, I'm staying true to my board here. I've had Andrew Thomas as the number one tackle in this class. The entire time. I've never wavered on that. I know Will's uh, Jedrick there gained a lot of popularity over the last few months, and a lot of people have, have got him as their number one tackle. But I've liked Andrew Thomas the whole time. I think he's the most pro-ready tackle uh, in this draft. You know, I, the things that he did at Georgia, they really ran a pro-style offense, and I, I really like what he did throughout his entire time there. He almost feels like, to me, the type of prospect uh, that's been so good for so long that he's just not exciting to talk about anymore. It's crazy to say, but I think he's sort of been a victim of that um, throughout these last few months. Uh, I really would have preferred to get a corner here, truthfully, but we saw Gladney go. We even saw Jalen Johnson go. Uh, we saw Fulton go. We saw Henderson. I mean, everybody. <laughs> feels like every corner went there in the top uh, 28. So uh, I'd really, really like a corner. I don't think tackle's a huge need for this team. But, I mean, Andrew Thomas on my big board, he's number seven. So And the Titans do need a long-term tackle, I think, for sure, uh, at right tackle. So I just can't pass up that value with Thomas there. Realistically, do you see a scenario where it could play out? I mean, it, it's a mock draft. It's hard to say. Do you see a scenario where it could play out to where corners are going to fly off the board like this and the Titans may be looking at the prospect of taking a tackle? Uh, I don't think they're going to fly off as quickly as they did in this mock. Again, because some of those guys that went, like, uh, there's no way, you know, to me that Andrew Thomas doesn't <clears throat> go before this point. 
you know, Justin Herbert doesn't go before this point. Uh, Jedrick Wills goes before this point. Even looking a little lower on that list, I think Josh Jones, the tackle from Houston, will be gone by then. And so will Jordan. I imagine Jordan Love will be as well. I, I can't imagine. So that, that's five, six players there that I think will be gone. Um, and, and, you know, come Thursday night when we come on the board at 29. So I think some of those corners that went, maybe Gladney, maybe Jalen Johnson, uh, will be replaced by some of those guys. So... Zach disagrees with you. He feels that uh, Willis, Jedrick Willis, is the pick to go here. Zach, well, is it just your blind? Is I'm, it blind homerism to Alabama? Well, I mean, it's I like Jedrick a little bit better than Andrew Thomas, and it's 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 blind homerism for sure. But <laughs> Justin, I do need to tell you, and we I don't know if it was told on. I don't know if we said. Did we say that we were going to throw the mock drafts out for people to vote on? Did we tell you that? Let's do it. You did not, but I'm okay. all for it. Let's do it. So that's why I'm going to go with Tua because he's there. <laughs> and <laughs> even though we don't need a quarterback, I'm winning this damn poll. And you, I'm going to So go you are now you're taking mock draft picks based on the number of likes you think you're going to get on Twitter. This well, seems I'll, like I'll a sham this. already. Tua has a chance to be the best quarterback in in this draft and I'm a big Joe Burrow fan and um you're not going to get much out of me saying that um, Joe Burrow is better, right? I mean, I think he is. But Tua has the chance to develop. First off, nobody knows about his medicals, right? I mean, we all assume they're good, but we've heard conflicting reports about that. So he could sit behind Ryan Tannehill, but – and this is definitely goes against what I argued with Big Mike this morning on the podcast. But if – Ryan Tannehill was to go down, you know, Tua can step in. He can buy us a few games, a few wins. I, I think that you just have to go Tua because it's like, it's kind of like the Packers, right? The Packers took Aaron Rodgers. He fell down, I think, to 25, if, I'm, if I recall correctly. And then they had Brett Favre, and they kept Brett Favre starting for three or four years before Aaron Rodgers saw, saw the field. Kind of just have to do it, and I'm going to go Tua. Justin, this this sounds a lot like some kind of fan collusion of him just trying to get votes. Uh, it, it does. I mean, you can tell which one of us here is the professional and which one is just trying to get some love. <laughs> well, listen here, Mister Professional. He just dropped. He just dropped a "I'm a professional" yeah. on you. Listen here, Mister Professional. You know where Tua ended up going because you passed up on him. Ooh, the Colts. There yes, it is. He went to the Colts. Great move. Great move, professional. <laughs> So before we move on to our the the second round, I do want to ask because uh, I've seen at least both of you all post earlier today and discuss earlier today that you feel like that the Titans will actually move down out of this pick. Why, starting with you, Justin, why do you feel that that might be or or should be, or do you feel that's the way the Titans should go? Yeah, it's actually both. I think A, it's the way they should go, and B, I think it's what they're going to lean towards. I mean, for me, the biggest tell sign is that I believe in the third round they pick at 93rd overall, and then they don't pick again until 175th or, or something like that. So there's a huge gap, close to 80, 80-something picks um, between uh, their third and fifth round pick. I can't imagine that they sit uh, idle and let that happen. So if you kind of use you know the Jimmy Johnson trade value chart, if they're able to move even just a couple of spots out of 29, maybe they move to 33, 35, 37, whatever it is, that should allow them to pick up maybe, you know, something in the 110 to 125 range. So after that, I mean, you're looking at making pick 93, something in the mid 100s before, you you know, you get to 175. So I, I just think there's way too big of a gap between their picks right now in the middle rounds. I think Zach, what's your take? Well, when you have those picks, like look at all those people we had to choose from, you know, Tua, Jedrick. Andrew Thomas, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry was up there. You had Herbert. Her Herbert was up there. Jordan Love. Uh, people are going to be calling, and it'll be it'd be real easy to trade up, have someone trade up, and trade down. <laughs> and I think that you're. N what we've heard is that nobody knows what's going to happen in this draft. All the big boards are wrong. All the mock drafts are wrong. Nobody's got it right. So. There must be some kind of scenario where a couple of these people fall that we did not expect to fall, and it happens every year. Harold Landry fell into the second round. I mean, A.J. Brown 
arguably could have gone into the first, but he fell to the second. I mean, it happens. So, to me, I I feel like it's more than likely people are going to be calling you, and you're not going to have to be calling them. And if they're calling you, that puts you in the driver's seat on what you want to get. Yeah, and and don't underestimate at pick 29, you know, if there is a scenario where there's a couple quarterbacks out there, uh, don't underestimate the chance that a team trades back uh, into the first round to get a quarterback right near the end of the first round. We know how big that fifth-year player option is, uh, especially for quarterbacks. Teams able to have that extra year of control. Patriots I think that's a big love deal. love to do that. Yeah. yeah. What happened with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson, uh, and you've seen it happen other times as well. So I think there's a good chance, if there's a quarterback out there, the Titans should get some action on that pick. So who is, hypothetical, who is the team – do you want to predict the team that's going to make some just jackass move in the first round? There always seems to be one, someone who reaches, someone who makes a dumb trade, someone who just makes a bad pick. Who do you think is going to be, Justin? I mean, it could be a team even with an aging quarterback, right? I mean, you look at a team like the New Orleans Saints and what they have with Drew Brees. Uh, you look at the Colts, you know, they've got Phillip Rivers and they don't have a first round pick. Uh, you look at a team like, um, you know, Green Bay, you know, I mean, they pick right after the Titans, so they wouldn't need to trade up. But even a team like Pittsburgh uh, can look into trading back and, and getting an heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger. So I, if someone's going to do that, I actually think it'll be a team uh, with an older quarterback at the helm. And speaking of All older right. quarterbacks, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay is going to do something <laughs> stupid, whether that's overvalue <laughs> someone like DeAndre Swift at their pick, because that's a really high pick, or... They're going to trade up to try to get someone that they think that's, you know, going to be there that may not be there later. I think it's going to be the Buccaneers. I mean, the Buccaneers did keep a quarterback on their roster for five years who was pretty much legally blind. blind. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and fire up the uh, draft, move on into the second round. As we do that, I've got to point out that in chat, at Robbie Aces gives Zach a big thumbs down for vote mongering. And I, I feel some aggression in that thumbs down, and I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, vote-mongering. I mean, that's pretty aggressive uh, legalese, I guess. Is, is that legal term, vote-mongering? I'll take it as legalese. Uh, <laughs> so before we start, a couple of big surprises. Justin Herbert is here in the second round. Okay. And then uh, you also have uh, Jordan Love in the second. I think, both, I think Jordan Love is appropriately second, but I would not be surprised if he's a first-round pick. So let's resume. Let's see what happens. Okay. Man, Jordan Love, free fall. All, down to Tampa Bay. There you go. <laughs> this so is my worst nightmare because I know, I think I know where Justin Mello is going to go. <laughs> so, so what to you before Justin picks, where do you think Justin's going? I would assume that he's going Jalen Rager because, I mean, people are falling in love with this Taewon Taylor 2.0 kind of wide receiver. Justin, do you agree? Uh, I, I don't. I'm actually oh, going to yeah. maybe make a bit oh, of a the surprise. the professional. <laughs> a surprise pick here. Are you ready for my pick? Let's do it. Wow, this is tough. I'm actually uh, <laughs> I'm debating between two guys, uh, neither of which are Rager for the record. Uh it pains me to pass on on either one of these guys. But you know what? I'm going to go with uh, with need here. So do you want first who, who I'm passing on here? Or? Yeah, sure. who are you passing on? So who I'm passing on, and it's tough for me to do, uh, is Justin Matabike, the defensive tackle out of Texas A&M. Uh, and the reason that's tough for me is, A, I know that he was a private visit um, for the Tennessee Titans. I know the Titans, don't, you know, Paul John Robinson revealed today, that they only had 10 guys in um, out of those top 30 visits that you normally get to get to host. So Manabike was one of those 10. Um, and I imagine that they hit it off really well. He's a guy who I interviewed a few weeks ago. And I was just really impressed with uh, with him as a, as a player. First of all, the tape is really good on him. And B, he's got to be the scariest dude I've ever interviewed. I mean, you asked me earlier, Lebowski... What was your best interview? And I struggle answering that. But if you were to ask me, who's the scariest dude you've interviewed? I don't even think twice. It was Justin Matabike. He, he's, he's a terrifying human being. And I imagine that 
he hit it off really well with Mike Vrabel uh, and John Robinson. You know, I asked him questions about his pass rush arsenal. I asked him questions about how he likes to get an offensive lineman uh, off balance, and all his answers were horrifying. You know, he says things like, I like to stick my hand right through their jaw and push them all the way back into the quarterback, and I'm very <laughs> physical. I'm very dirty. That's how I play the game. That's the game should be played. So he's someone, I think he kind of lines up with need. I think they need another guy on the interior there. I, I imagine they, they like him. They had him in for a visit for the, a reason, and I imagine they hit it off. Now this before, is one of those scenarios. Before you Sorry, pick, go ahead. Do you want to see any positions that weren't being shown? Uh, I don't, know. Okay. See, this is, I would absolutely make that pick. I would pick Justin Matabike here if I got one of those corners in the first round, if I got Christian Fulton, if I got Jeff Gladney, if I got C.J. Henderson, then I would absolutely be picking Matabike here in this scenario. But because I didn't get a corner and I think they need them, so uh, I'm going to go with Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. Mm. Another guy that we know they had in for a visit. So he was one of those 10 players that they were able to host in Nashville um, before you know the spread of COVID-19 got out of hand. Um, so I think that makes a lot of sense with this pick. I'm going Damon Arnett. Wow. Yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, it's not technically a reach because he's a second round grade, but that one is a little surprising. I, I wasn't thinking that you were going to go there at the beginning, but I'm going Ross Blacklock and I had him go in the first round in uh spoiler alert in the A to Z sports media mock uh, draft they did. Um, but I really like Ross Blacklock for what he brings to, um, oh, well, shit. <laughs> Fuck. Did you? <laughs> I sure as hell did. Did you? <laughs> but the good news is that, that shouldn't really affect too much what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay? So... So we're good. It doesn't like Tua is like not going to be down there anyway. So we're just going to go to the second round. Not worry about it. We finished our second round. You know it's okay. But anyway, Ross Blacklock. While that is going, I'm not going to uh, make everybody sit through that. Um, but anyway, I like Ross Blacklock. Jan Daniel Jeremiah actually has him rated a little bit slightly at a higher grade than what he had Ed Oliver at. And we know that we were interested in Ed Oliver. And Ed Oliver was kind of, we were kind of toying with him being an outside linebacker, defensive line kind of kind of hybrid. And I think the versatility and the athleticism with Ross Blacklock really helps solve the problems. Uh, Mike, this morning on the podcast, told me that we only use two defensive linemen. Well, you know, even if we use just Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, having Ross Blacklock and his athleticism really can help bring even more pressure and be a little bit more bigger bodied on the front. So Ross Blacklock, as I have continued to screw up the draft and everything that we stand for, um, but it's okay. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. What, what was Zach, the consummate professional over here. Yeah. So uh, again, Justin, just going to rely on your picks tonight. Oh man, that's not good. <laughs> well, we so could who's have started over a, if you wanted. I could have made another pick there or whatever, whatever works. Who's having a better night so far running a draft, Zach or the NFL? I know, right? I feel like it's the owners. <laughs> it's if you all don't know what we're talking about, and we'll kind of get into it at the end of the show. Uh, the NFL was basically running their own uh, mocks, running, uh, you know, running drafts ahead of the, the actual live event later this week, and it didn't go so hot, apparently. They had quite a few technical <laughs> issues. Diana Rossini even had a blurb up there a few hours ago about she was on the phone with a unsaid, uh, uh, excuse me, NFL head coach who was having bandwidth issues because the coach's kids were horse beating their connection with iPads. So I'm looking forward to this because I think it's going to be a disaster. I cannot wait. I can't wait. All right. So are, is our picks in? Yeah, are we good. back? We're good. Okay, we're I mean, good. it's it's a little different at the top of the draft, but everything else is the same. So we're fine. We are fine. Nothing changed. <clears throat> okay, so if you guys are ready. So we're moving into pick three, yes. which if it stands, this is the last pick for the Titans until the fifth round, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, any predictions on this upcoming pick while you go ahead and press play? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I'd be looking to either get a um, a number of positions here, a running back that I like as a change of pace to Derrick Henry. 
uh, a wide receiver um, or even potentially that defensive lineman that I have not grabbed yet. As we come up on our pick, Zach, any uh, what what needs as we now stand at the pick? I'm going to probably have to go cornerback here because I don't think in the fifth round I'm going to see a Reggie Robinson or a – you may see Miles Bryant. He seems to have fallen off a little bit. But I think I'm going to have to go uh, cornerback at this position. So if you go cornerback at this position, you got the board in front of you. I'm going to let you do your pick first, Zach. Who would okay. be your pick? I am going to go. Let's see here. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anybody, especially our boy. Yeah, our boy's gone, and Meek Robert Robertson's gone. I'm going Darnay Holmes. I know uh, for the intense purposes of using the draft visits and stuff, I know Darnay Holmes has been kind of involved with the Tennessee Titans and everything. I really like Reggie Robinson, and I'm really tempted to go Reggie Robinson here, but I I do think that's a little bit of a reach, and I think Darnay Holmes is a little bit a little bit more of a complete player uh, as far as his athleticism and everything. So I'm going Darnay Holmes, cornerback UCLA. Let's back out the player filter so that Justin can see the whole board. Justin, do you agree? Disagree? Where do you go here? Well, I disagree because I got my corner in the second round where, where Zach should have but didn't. Uh, oh, I got the oh, internet oh, okay. there. So. so that's that's how it is. Okay. So I'm not. I don't have to double down uh, on corners. Just t- so I've got my tackle right, and I've got my corner. So now again, I said I was looking at maybe some receivers. Um, I said I was looking at maybe uh, a running back. Uh, can you just can you do a quick check for me out of curiosity, yeah. Zach? If uh, Evans is available here. Oh, the, yeah, I mean, of course he's going to be available because you're reaching for him. <laughs> yeah, I'm very, very tempted. Uh, see, this is where I said I think it would make a lot of sense if the Titans had another pick, um, you know, coming up shortly after this instead of having to wait 80 uh, picks or whatever they're currently slated to wait. Um, but no, I'm not going to go Evans here. I do think it's a little too much of a reach. Uh, if you can take me back to the overall board. Bullied you out of it. Just looking, I'm just, you know, i got to consult my own personal big board here. Uh, I, I do think receiver um, uh, probably makes a lot of sense here based on what's available, and I do think they need another guy. Uh, it may surprise you a little bit here, but I'm going to go with uh, Brian Edwards there out of South Carolina. All right. This strikes me as the kind of guy that's going to be a really good receiver at the next level. I think he suffered from a horrendous quarterback play. Um, at South Carolina, and I think he's going to take a big step forward at the next level. That's interesting, Zach. Because yeah, why? Stuff, tell me why it's interesting. Well, I a lot of people like Brian Edwards. He's he's kind of one of those draft darlings that have started to bubble up as uh, we get closer and closer to the draft uh, stuff. But T. Higgins is really good value in the third round, but. More importantly, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is arguably a really, really great wide receiver. And I think that, as you know, Lebowski, he's had to play with Shea Patterson, former Ole Miss quarterback. So you know that he's had his struggles with quarterback play. And I really think Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be one of those. If you're looking for someone that could technically – replace Tajay Sharp and Corey Davis, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones would be that kind of a receiver. And I really am surprised that that's who, that we're passing over DPJ over Brian Edwards. But I also understand that those wide receivers are probably like this close. Okay. So we, again, we feel that, you feel that the Titans would trade down and we would probably end up with a pick um, to cover this gap between three and five, correct? Right. For the uh, for the purposes of this, obviously we don't have that. So let's go ahead and resume the draft. And uh, so we're now three picks in. Justin, what's what's the next biggest need? Well, I still haven't grabbed that. You know, potentially a running back or an interior uh, defensive lineman or even an edge guy. You know, just someone that can get after the quarterback, whether they're on the edge or coming up the interior um i'd ideally like to get one of those guys at some point as well where where do you place your confidence in that they're going to have Jadavian Clowney when this is all said and done 
I've kind of been 50-50 the entire time, and that's sort of where I still am today. Sitter. Sorry? You're sitting on the fence. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much sitting on the fence. Uh, I kind of always expected him to go back to Seattle, but that is starting to look uh, a little less likely. So we shall see. Ooh, you heard it from be, the professional. This is rough pickings uh, for the fifth pick. This is rough. All right, let me see what we have here. Are you still sticking with running back? Yeah, I mean, there's some... You scroll down a little bit, maybe. Let me just see what else is available. Oof. You can take me back up. I think that's probably good enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm debating between two players here. Uh, and I know I probably won't get one or the other later, so. Jeez. Tell us what your what position are you dating, uh, debating between right now? What? Yeah, I'm looking what? at some of these running backs and uh, and some of these D linemen. Uh, I think ultimately, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's recent bias, but I'm gonna pick a guy that I actually interviewed today, um, just a few hours ago, and, and mentioned to me that he's actually had a FaceTime meeting with the Titans. Uh, you can take me back to all positions there, Zach. I'm going to go with the yeah, North Dakota State edge rusher, Derek Tuska. Um, I think he's an interesting guy. He told me some, you know, A, like as I said, he confirmed to me today that he had a FaceTime meeting with the Titans recently. Um, if you don't know a lot about this kid, he had the best three-cone time of any edge rusher at the Combine. It was a pretty rough year uh, for three-cone times for edge rushers. Tuska hit a 6.87, I think was was one of the only guys that had that, you know, under seven seconds, so... Uh, he actually, I thought it was hilarious. He told me that NFL teams told him and his agent going into the combine uh, that they hoped he did not perform that well. They liked that he was flying under the radar and they wanted him <laughs> to stay that way. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but he said there's there's probably a couple teams bummed out uh, that he's no longer flying under the radar. And I, I see you grabbing Joshua Kelly here. He is the other guy that I was debating. I was kind of going back and forth between Kelly and Tuska. But I, I, I do think Tuska makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm I know that running back is a necessity at some point, but I'm not really feeling him or Keyshawn Vaughn. And I know Keyshawn Vaughn is a big because he's from Vanderbilt. Oh, he's from Vanderbilt. We gotta draft everybody from Tennessee and we gotta sign them all. <laughs> you know, that doesn't really do it for me. Um man. This is hard. Uh, I, I, I do not have a good grade on Keyshawn Vaughn, and I'm I, I'm, I'm with sorry, you. but that's the, just the truth. I really, really don't. I think I'm looking at my big board now. I think I got him in the 190s somewhere, or, or maybe worse, actually. Let me see. I, I don't think there's anything spectacular about his game, but my gosh, do we... This is some... <laughs> these are some some rough picks. This is a rough draft after it ended up being a pretty good one. Um, there's a couple... There's there's two really speedy corners there that... There's actually four corners there, five corners there that I like on your yeah. list right there. You know what? I'm going to... Um, I'm going to put down Kendall Vidlore. I think that there is a good... I, that that He's ranked really low, and I don't think he should. And I think at the fifth round, I got two defensive backs that can come in, and one of them can eventually replace Malcolm Butler if it's, if it's necessary after next year. So I'm going to go Kendall Vildor. Justin, any players here that you are surprised to see still on the board at, at um, in round five? Uh, I mean, if looking at that corner list alone, I mean, uh, Javelin Guidry out of Utah ran a really fast time at the combine. We know speed kind of wins out sometimes, so I think he'll probably go a little earlier than this. That's just from the corner list. Even Dane Jackson there, corner out of Pittsburgh, was really good at the senior bowl. So he's he's another guy that I think uh, could go a little earlier than this. Uh, and that's just me looking at the corners because that's the position that Zach is on right now. Yeah, here, I'll, I'll get you all. <clears throat> but those two guys, regardless, I would say, um, uh, stick out to me. If I had to pick another one off that list right there, um, it would probably be David Woodward, linebacker out of Utah State. He's a bit of a sleeper, but he's been insanely productive for them. I think three three years at Utah State, he compiled close to 400 tackles. 
just something absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, teams value that production. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he's someone that goes a little earlier than this. All righty. So do the, the Titans do not have a pick in the sixth round, correct? Correct. So we're going all the way to the seventh. And here, they do have three picks in the seventh, though, so yeah. that could be interesting. Here we go. All right, here we go. On to the seventh. And, Zach, I'm going to want you to show me here uh, who I have so far. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know everyone, but I want to make sure I don't double down anywhere. You have, while we're waiting, you have Andrew Thomas, Damon Arnett, Brian Edwards, Derek Tuzga. So I've got my tackle, I've got my corner, I've got my sort of edge or D lineman, and I've got uh, a receiver. Very nice. Well, here we come up at it. Pick 224. I already know. And there's your board in front of you. Let me see here. Whew. A lot of receiver. Uh, yeah, can you maybe take me to the running backs there for a second. All right. Yeah, ideally, um, I would have liked to have gotten uh, Antonio Gibson um, or Evans uh, out of App State. I think both those guys fit this offense really well. Uh, I know the Titans have sort of spoken to both of them. Evans was actually a private visit. So he's another one of those 10 guys that actually made it to Nashville uh, to meet with the Titans in person. Um, I, I would have liked to get one of those guys, but they both went uh, significantly earlier, obviously, than this. Uh, looking at this list, I'm going to go with J.J. Taylor out of Arizona. I think he sort of fits what they're looking for uh, as a compliment to Derrick Henry. Bit of an undersized guy, but they can use him in the passing game. He's a speedy guy. He can sort of be that slasher type runner, um, I think, that they're looking for as a backup. Zach, do you agree? I, I, think, I don't think that's a bad pick, and when you're in the seventh, it's just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Certainly. I am going to go with and I'm going to butcher this name probably, Kalija Lipscomb. Uh, he yeah. has actually had a lot of uh, – he's had a few meetings with the Titans, and I think that he's a good seventh-round steal, in my opinion, for someone that would be your fourth wide receiver. You you were just talking about not drafting Vanderbilt players. I can't help it where he went to school. Scout Two the, minutes ago. Scout the player, not the helmet. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's resume. All right. Yeah, we got another couple picks coming up here. They're all in pretty short succession. Let me see the quarterbacks, uh, Zach. Ooh, you got Shea Patterson right there. Ooh, that's... <laughs> you know, maybe I'll bring one in as a UDFA. Let's take me back to the overall players. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not drafting any of those guys. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> well, I see a couple of cornerbacks because you know we need another cornerback. Yeah, I'm gonna for the first time tonight, I think I'm gonna agree with you. I'm gonna take AJ Green out of Oklahoma State. Uh I have him ranked significantly higher than this on my big board. Maybe I'm who knows, maybe I'm too high on him, but I have him as 119. Uh, on my top 225. I, I like him. I think he's a big guy. He's physical. He can play outside. You know, I think this late, uh, you don't mind gambling on guys, um, you know, that can play outside for you and you can develop. Titans did that a couple of years ago with LaShawn Sims. Say what you want about Sims, but it worked out well for them. You know, they got four years out of him and they were able to play him. So I, I think Green can be a similar situation. Zach, you seem to agree on corner. Do you agree with AJ Green? I, 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 I kind of like Miles Bryant a little bit better, but I have no problem with AJ Green. I mean, that's just, it's again, it's one of those just levels of preference. And I think that AJ Green, first off, if he's still there in the seventh, I think is pretty, very, very good value. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I don't see any reason not to uh, take AJ Green. I think this is the perfect spot to take him. All right, well, let's fire it back up and head on to the last pick. Well, I will say this. I am going to take here, right here and now, I'm going to take Trey Adams, offensive tackle out of Washington. And I know he has some injury concerns and everything, but we don't need him to start right away. And I think that he has a lot to offer as far as a future offensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans. And I think that 
he will be someone that is going to surprise a lot of people when he's healthy, when he gets out in the training camp, when he gets out to co- under some coaching and gets some a couple ye- experience out of, under his belt. Okay. Go ahead and resume. we got a uh, got a question in chat. And actually, I want to go ahead and shout out to uh, 15 underscore Travis says, what's up, guys? Glad us able to join live. We're glad you joined live as well. Robert Greenlaw chimes in and says, Mello, would drafting a wide receiver with speed be a priority to you? or just another wide receiver, no matter the style? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a receiver with speed would be ideal, uh, potentially, if they're looking for a guy. Uh, I think, you know, they'd like to get a little faster at the position. Right now, Khalif Raymond um, is their deep receiver. And I like Khalif. You know, I thought he did a good job last year. You know, we all saw him catch that massive touchdown against Baltimore uh, in the playoffs, that deep ball. So, but I do think, you know, and and I, I said this a few days ago, It'll sort of be interesting to me what they value more at receiver. Are they going to take, I imagine they're going to take one at some point. Are they going to take a speed guy, maybe an undersized guy that can be a deep threat? Or are they going to take an outside bigger guy to, as Zach mentioned earlier, potentially replace uh, Tajay Sharp and maybe even be a long-term replacement for Corey Davis. So that's sort of what I did here with Brian Edwards, but I'm certainly not opposed uh, to a speed guy uh, if if the board sort of falls that way. Okay. Well, here we stand at 243, last pick for the Titans. Um, Where do you go? Yeah, and I hate that I'm going to agree with Zach, but I am going to take Trey Adams out of Washington. I kind of had my eye on that one. I I just think, you know, in the seventh round, um, if you can land a guy um, with the pedigree that he has, you know, it was was only a few years ago that he was considered, you know, a really really valuable prospect, right? There was even some first, second round discussion on him uh, and we see stuff like that happen all the time. But of course, unfortunately, injuries um, have sort of derailed that dream. But anytime you can get a guy in the seventh or on day three period uh, that sort of has that pedigree and was once viewed um, as such a high-end prospect, then I think you roll the dice on a guy like that. Zach, you agree? Is that your pick here? Well, you know, I got him the last round, but uh, I think that's still a good pick. And if I, if I would have known that he would have been there, the, the last two players, both of them are going to be there whenever we pick on the second go around and I'm going to Michael hasty uh, running back out of ba- out of uh, out of Baylor and the reason I'm going with him is because I think he presents a tremendous value and I think in my opinion that when you're looking at what you're trying to get out of the that third down running back he plays a lot bigger than what he is he's very physical he's very much a Darren Sproles kind of Dion Lewis. And I hate to mention Dion Lewis because we all know how that turned out, but a very smaller running back with a lot of grit to him. And to me, I think that Jamichael hasty in that, that round is going to be really good. You, uh, a guy that I was kind of leaning towards early in the draft was, uh, was Perrine out of Florida. So I think that Jamichael hasty in the seventh round is a pretty good pick. I mean, is he going to be, the long-term solution, maybe not. But, I mean, if you're looking at someone like a DeAndre Washington or Jalen Richard was kind of mentioned, you know, before he signed his uh, extension with the Raiders, he's kind of that guy. I mean, he can be someone that you're not expecting, and I think he has everything you're looking for in a third-down running back. Apologize, I have my mic on mute. Let's go ahead and post the pick and uh, and finish up the draft. As we do that, um, pull up the picks that we've made. And I want to make sure that Justin can actually see the board that we finished with. And uh, I guess let me ask this, Justin, if, if you could rewind the draft that we posted here tonight, is there anything you would do differently? Well, again, I mean, I would have really liked to have gotten a corner in the first round. Uh, as I said earlier, that sort of would have changed um, how I would have maybe uh, viewed the rest of the draft. But as we saw, we kind of ran a bit of a crazy scenario where all those uh, quarterbacks and tackles were available um, instead of corners. So ideally, I would have, again, I would have liked to have really gotten a corner there at 29. And then that would have changed, you know, in the second round, for example, where I grabbed Arnett, I would have, I would have grabbed something else. I probably would have grabbed Matt Abike, uh, as I said. And, you know, that would have changed my fourth round pick, right, where I took Tuska. So um, just one scenario, right? I had a lot of fun playing around with this. I think this is a pretty good group. I mean, Zach's got Kinlaw there, but I, I had taken Andrew Thomas, it yeah. was, right? So 
um, you know, pr- pretty happy with how this played out. Yeah, I, th- I think you you had a good uh, you have a group that while I think Damon Arnett's a reach, you got good value in Brian Edwards, uh, obviously great value in Andrew Thomas, and then everybody else is pretty much where they're drafted. Good value. Um, I wouldn't be upset if this was the Titans draft. Tua, or I'm sorry, Andrew Thomas, Damon Arnett, Brian Edwards. I mean, it's hard hard to be mad about that. So before we wrap this up, um, obviously the NFL draft starts Thursday. And again, like I was talking earlier, it appears that from some reports they were having quite uh, quite a bit of problems running through their their kind of their mock and testing the system. Uh, do you expect they're going to get them ironed out in the next few days? I, I've got to lean towards no. And I know this is completely anecdotal, but Lord, everyone in the country, most people in the world now have experienced some sort of company-wide conference call at this point now make that and add some complications to a factor of three (laughs) i don't think we're going to see the first round go off without a hitch yeah i would be very surprised but i'm also here for it i'm here for the chaos chaos baby i'm ready justin let me ask you this and this may sound like a very stupid question but obviously Technical issues are probably somewhere in the forefront of most GMs, most front offices' mind. With that being said, do you think that teams are trying to make sure that they are pretty certain of what their pick is going to be before it comes up to try to eliminate technical issues and trying to have lengthy conversations with potential picks before making their pick? I mean, yeah, I, I think obviously this year, you know, more so than ever, you certainly have to be as prepared as you can uh, for every scenario that might come your way. So, I, you know, it's hard, you know, there's only so much you can do, of course, you really have to see how things are going to fall. Um, but you can, you know, certainly try to zero in on maybe a couple of guys, especially at the first round. I mean, even those third round picks, they're dart throws. You got your guys, I think, at that point that you're willing to take a chance on. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how the first round goes. You had Giants general manager Dave Gettleman uh, mention the other day that if he's going to trade down from four, he would like to have the framework for that deal already put in place prior to Thursday. So those are sort of the things that come to mind uh, for me when I think of you know how well you be prepared is just getting some of those, uh, especially if you're trading, getting some of those things um, you know in order uh, beforehand. Well, let me ask you this before we wrap up. Obviously, you live in Toronto. Are you from Toronto, born and raised? Born and raised, Toronto. So how in the hell did you end up a Titans fan? (laughs) Yeah, I get that question a lot. And, you know, if anything, the answer is kind of sad. I probably should have taken it um, as a sign to to take my fandom elsewhere. But uh, the first football game I ever watched uh, was the Super Bowl, the Titans-Rams Super Bowl. I was about, I think, nine years old. At the time, that was my first, um, you know, football experience. And before the game, you know, I kind of said, I said, I hope the Titans win this game. And it's silly, but hey, I was nine. So give me a break. Uh, (laughs) And my fandom just kind of, you know, I just kind of stuck with me. So uh, again, I should have taken it as a sign. Probably it only uh, break my heart for years to come. But um, I I didn't. I kind of stuck with it. So. I totally get it. I was a freshman in high school living in Nashville. Before that, it was just, you know, rooting for the Falcons based out of proximity or just enjoying the NFL as a whole. But no, I, I went through, you know, similar stuff. I had NFL, yes, bumper stickers, the whole thing. So it was, uh, yeah, we, you know, we were thrilled. It, it's, that's cool. I, I think it's neat to hear how distant fans become fans of the team that they're in, especially, you know, considering it's not like you had – Nashville roots and then moved you just simply picked a team and stuck with it so that's pretty amazing pretty much um, I mean I love the I love those uniforms I love watching Eddie George I mean that was a great team to fall in love with right I mean Eddie George and Steve McNair I mean what a fun team and uh I have no regrets South Texans Titan jumps in to says I leave for two damn minutes and Zach took Tua and then he promptly ended the draft unless you missed that part as well. So uh, Zach Lyons, always today, a professional. But... Yeah, a little, little, little rough technical errors there. Hopefully we did 29. Well. I'm just telling you, you just can't. <laughs> uh, Justin, we really, really appreciate you joining us tonight. And uh, anything last uh, you want to share anything with the crowd? You got anything you want to pimp out before we let you go? 
No, I mean, the pleasure, uh, the pleasure is all mine. Again, it's been a, a lifelong dream of mine to make it to the F-Words pod. You know, Zach said I would never lifelong be on Lifelong dream. Well, he begged. It was kind of bad. I mean, he begged. Lifelong. Zach said I would never make it here. So it just shows you, kids, don't give up on your dreams. Keep working hard. <laughs> never. Don't, don't listen to people who say that you can't do things because here I am. Uh, no, all kidding. On the most wildly successful podcast ever. Ever. Oh, wildly successful. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was the most realistic mock draft I've ever done. I imagine the NFL is going to have the same technical difficulties on Thursday, right? All right. So over under on if the NFL is going to have to restart their draft more times <laughs> than we had to restart our draft tonight. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to take the under. <laughs> I think they're going to have to do it more than once. You know, the new England Patriots are going to find a way to end up with Joe Burrow at 23rd overall, right? They're going to hack the systems and, uh, <laughs> and figure out a way uh, as far as last words for me. Um, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, Check out, you know, check the interview series if you haven't. Uh, I've tweeted out all my interviews out at my handle. That's Justin M uh, underscore NFL. I'm in the process. I'm done doing interviews this year, but I have a few really good ones that haven't published yet. I've got a couple publishing tomorrow. Uh, Jeff Gladney um, tomorrow and Cameron Dantzler. Uh, I've also got Derek Tuska, who I took here, publishing tomorrow. And then I'm done on Wednesday. I've got two final interviews publishing Wednesday. Uh, that's uh, Penn State edge rusher Yator Gross-Matos uh, and Memphis uh, running back slash wide receiver Antonio Gibson. Uh, that'll be my 140th interview of the year, uh, wow. and that'll be it for me for this draft class. Fantastic. I'm glad to hear it. Well, really, really appreciate you joining against Justin Mello. Uh, you can find him on DraftWire. He also writes and contributes for Music City Miracles. You can follow him on Twitter at Justin M. That is M as in Michael underscore NFL. And again, Justin, thank you for being on tonight. It really was a pleasure. Um, we're looking forward to doing this again tomorrow night. We're going to be on at the same time. We'll be joined by Austin Stanley of A to Z Sports. And uh, let's hope that uh, Zach doesn't cancel the draft on us again. <laughs> I didn't cancel it. I Wait, just, he, you tried. I just rescheduled it. You you tried, and I feel like it was over us shitting on the two-up pick. Well, I mean, that was neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> Again, thank you all for joining in. Really, really appreciate it, and uh, we will see you all tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. Central Time, guys. All right, we're we're out. All right, everything everything worked on <clears throat> Periscope, so yeah, I'm not no, it's, touching it, anything. It looked like we had about I think twenty.